How do you navigate the inevitable tensions between work and life? Not just the daily schedules or mounting responsibilities, but the tensions between your ambition for your career and your ambition for life. How do you decide what to prioritize and what to let go of? How do you decide when to speed ahead and when to ease up? These aren't questions of work-life balance or self-care. They're questions we can answer when we get serious about intentionally designing a life with work that works for us. I'm Kathy Onetto, and you're listening to the Sustainable Ambition Podcast, where we explore sticky questions about ambitious careers, sustainable work practices, and lives with less stress. For links to the ideas, resources, and people on today's show, go to sustainableambition.com slash podcast. Hi, everyone. At the start of this month, I wanted to share a few thoughts on sustaining ourselves through busy times as we enter the last quarter of the year. The end of year and holiday months tend to be full and can really stretch us even when we're doing things we really want to do and enjoy. And it just so happens that I've come through three months just like this. My July, August, and September have actually been quite full, even with activities I wanted to do. These were right ambitions that I was putting my attention towards, and yet it took me being thoughtful about managing them to avoid burnout. And I'll admit, it tested me at times. There was definitely some times I was grinding, if you will, and I felt some singeing on the edges and smelling a bit of smoke. And I had to really pay attention and at times pull back to ensure that I wasn't going to go into burnout. So it's not to say here around my work with sustainable ambition that I don't ever get overwhelmed like many of you. But what I find is that with this practice of sustainable ambition, I can be more thoughtful and proactive about ensuring that I don't get burnt out. So, you know, we ambitious types, and what I mean there when I even say ambitious types, it's not so much like that we may be striving to earn the most money or be the best at everything. What I really mean is that for many of us who are just motivated to do a lot of things and or like to put hard work into things, you know, sometimes we can get really motivated by a lot and we don't mean to put too much on our plates or too much pressure on ourselves or to get overwhelmed, but it it can still happen. And it can even happen to me. Of course it can. And that's, again, why I appreciate having the practice of sustainable ambition because it makes me more conscious about the choices I'm making and how to adjust to how sustainable things are feeling for me in the moment. I also want to build on what I heard from my last two guests on the podcast, Dr. Ayelet Fishbach and Dr. Valerie Tiberius. Ayelet Fishbach talked about a couple of things that I found really interesting. One was how in trying to motivate ourselves, we can naturally be overly optimistic and overcommit to what we think we can deliver. What I took away from what she was saying was this was a natural way that we humans, again, motivate ourselves. And so for me, it was a bit of let yourself off the hook. Don't take ourselves too seriously about some of this when we put too much on our plates or ask ourselves to do too much. It's almost as if we should expect that we're not going to be able to meet all these expectations that we're setting. 
I appreciated having that permission to almost laugh it off or to give myself, again, that permission to put things off and to um, allow myself a little bit more ease around how I'm accomplishing things that I put on my own plate. I loved how she talked about the analogy of a buffet, almost like an all-you-can-eat buffet. And are you being thoughtful about what you're putting on your plate? And are we putting things on our plate that actually go together and can work together? And so those are things I've been thinking about as I've been going through this busy time. And then I also love what Valerie Tiberius talked about in terms of this focus on reducing conflict around our goals and how it's worthwhile to spend some time there if we are having these conflicts, because in resolving them, it can actually allow us to have more fulfillment. And I also appreciated that she too, at one time, talked about kind of laughing at ourselves a little. Again, it's almost as if let's just allow ourselves actually to be human and laugh at ourselves in that process and let ourselves off the hook a little bit. So that's what I've done a bit. But what I'm sharing is that it's not uncommon for me to be right there with many of you where I might have put a little bit too much on my plate or I'm finding myself starting to feel overwhelmed, or I'm starting to get the sense that I might be on the border of burnout. And what do I do? And or in those circumstances when I'm feeling like my plate is really full, how have I been able to manage that such that I actually didn't fall into burnout? And how did I pull myself back and make sure that I was sustaining myself over these last three months? So I thought I'd just share a few things that I've learned and some of the tools from Sustainable Ambition that I've been employing with the hopes that by bringing you behind the curtain a little bit, it might give you some ideas on how you might be able to apply these over the next three months as you look to manage your end of year and perhaps experience a lot of joy at the end of the year and do so with a lot more ease. So one of the things, as I said, that I find with this practice is that it has raised my attention around these elements. So I pay closer attention to how I'm feeling about what I'm working on and how my body's feeling and whether or not I'm feeling overly stretched. And so the benefit of the practice is that I'm acutely aware and I can take action around it. I can shape or change what decisions I'm making and I can readjust what's on my plate or I can pay more attention to what sustaining activities I'm putting in place to have the resilience to make it through you know, the full time period that I'm having. One place I start is thinking about, am I working on the activities that I want to be working on. Now, not everything is able to be a, you know, dial it all the way to, yes, I absolutely want to be doing this. You know, there are some things that we need to do to pay the bills or to just not all work is 100% want to work. So I have a mix of that myself, but I still pay attention to the added activities that I'm doing. And I do check in to see, like, is this something I really want to be doing? And or is it something that uh, I want to be prioritizing right now? And in making some of those decisions over the last three months, I had some serendipitous activities show up and some opportunistic 
um, situations and I needed to make a call. Did I want to take those on or did I not? At the time, I felt like my plate was already full. And so what was it going to mean if I said yes to yet another activity? And so I did really have to think about, am I motivated to really do that new activity that is opportunistically popping up? Is it something I really want to do? And being really conscious about making that choice. So that's one thing I thought about. And in making that decision, what it also allowed me to do was reprioritize and frankly, deprioritize certain activities. I actually went back and said no to some work that I had originally committed to and backed out of something, making sure that it was not going to cause unnecessary hardship for somebody. But I actually walked away from some work because I wanted to prioritize some other activities. Um, So actually allowing oneself to reprioritize what's on your plate and giving yourself permission to deprioritize things, I think is one way to handle a full time period, just giving yourself permission to shift and reprioritize. The other thing I did was I recalibrated my effort around certain activities. So while some activities and commitments I was able to put off or cut, there were some that I was not able to do that. And so in my own mind, I immediately had to adjust my expectations around how much effort I was going to put into certain activities and how good the output was going to be. One thing that was really interesting around that that I learned was in dialing down my effort on one activity, I thought my output was really going to be harmed by doing that and that my the quality of my output was going to be harmed by um, reducing the amount of time that I was going to put against it. And in the end, the quality of the output was probably more than 80% there. And I ended up getting some feedback from somebody who is working with me on something where they gave me that recognition. And because I had acknowledged that I had not been able to put as much time and effort into what I was delivering. And their response back was, I couldn't tell. So it's a reminder always of the Pareto principle that, you know, 20% of your time can often get you 80% of the way there. And it was a great reminder to me to keep that in mind. Um, I tend to be somebody who puts in a lot of effort, likes to put in effort, but it's not always needed. We don't always have to give that 100%. And oftentimes the 80% really is good enough. So reminding ourselves of that to create a bit more ease during times when things are full, I think is is really wise. Even around this, I said I reprioritized and I deprioritized. The other thing I had to do was honestly renegotiate with myself. With some of these activities that I was doing and projects, I put them on my plate <laughs> and I was resisting at times renegotiating what the deliverable might be, when I would do it, and so on. And yet, I finally realized at times, like, I don't have to do this at this pace. I don't have to do this on this timeline. Perhaps I should renegotiate this. I often thought about this when I was earlier in my career, when I was actually working for somebody and had a manager. It was much easier for me to go back and renegotiate deliverables. Hey, these things need to get reprioritized. Hey, can I deliver this later? When it's one's own projects and if you put it on your own plate, we often hold 
ourselves to a certain commitment. And I think it's helpful to often allow ourselves that freedom to renegotiate with ourselves to create a bit more ease. Another factor that really helped me during this time, one was just knowing, frankly, that going into it, it was going to be a challenging time. I knew this. And so priming myself almost such that my expectations were set, knowing that it was going to be a full time period really helped me. But the other things that really helped were planning and pacing. I really lean on pacing my work and cadencing my work to make things manageable. This has been critical during these months where I really had to, in my mind, block off when I was going to be working on certain things and what really needed my attention at certain times and recognizing that certain projects didn't need my attention at the moment and that they could be pushed off. Um, That was really critical, frankly, to just staying sane in terms of managing everything that was happening. I think that component is tied to Another element that I can even struggle with and yet I think is hugely important and is something I have to continually remind myself of, which is the idea of giving oneself a break and waiting till it's time to take on a certain initiative or to put time against a certain activity, especially when it's thinking time. Sometimes just because I want to get something done, I can push to get something done and feel that grinding to get it done where it's really not flowing. Instead of giving myself that break and stepping away from it and allowing my mind to get refreshed and then coming back to it. So this was a practice that I was doing throughout this time, allowing myself to take breaks, step away, get refreshed and come at it and being reminded each time like, oh yeah, (laughs) that's why this is important. Because if I was continuing to grind, it would have taken me three times as long. Coming back to it fresh, much faster to get things done, brain working a lot better, mind working a lot better. Um, I even started to just remember that those breaks, especially for me, when I go out for a run in particular, is when I get great ideas. So oftentimes taking breaks is actually the better thing to do, to allow ideas to flow, especially when you are doing a project that requires kind of that innovative thinking. So remembering to give yourself a break and also remembering that it's okay to push things off and to to wait until it's time. Sometimes we think we need to keep pushing and pushing and pushing. And yet I have known during this time that I just know that my brain can't take any more inputs. And so it's like the cup is full and it's interesting what happens when you start to realize, oh, okay, I've had something come off my plate. I'm actually in a moment now where I can allow something new in. Um, And so trusting your system, trusting you know yourself to know when you're full and when you actually have created a little bit of space to let something new in. Another idea that I think can be really helpful, especially as you think about the end of year, is something called goal stacking and seeing if you can 
have goals align so that you can accomplish two things together. So having your goals that are not so divergent. So this is something that I've been working on as well during this time. So are there goals that actually complement each other where you can actually have one feed the other or by doing them together, you actually accomplish two things. So as an example, like a more simple example, like going on a hike with a friend, you get your exercise in, you also get that social component and building community or if those are two things that you really value. That's goal stacking. How can you get two goals, two values aligned at the same time so that you're being efficient with your time and also really feeding yourself and feeding your values while you're doing that? So that's been another thing that has come up over the last few months, both in working with some clients as well as for myself as I've been trying to manage these different activities that I've been um, working on over the last several months. So a lot of the things that I've just mentioned really are about how am I managing those ambitions that are on my plate? How am I figuring out of all the things I'm trying to accomplish or that I want to do over the course of that time period? How was I able to manage them and kind of get them in, right, if you will, and make sure that I was accomplishing what I needed and wanted to accomplish. So that required making sure they were actually things I wanted to do where I was motivating my effort to go do those. It was reprioritizing and dialing down effort on some versus others. So that was all about how do I manage just what ambitions I'm I'm taking on. The other side of this, of course, is, okay, well, how am I sustaining myself and how am I building resilience during this time? And that's something that I'm very thoughtful about and I pay attention to. And interestingly, during this time, and especially during busy times, what I often advocate is this idea of having a minimum viable sustaining plan. It's allowing yourself to fit in even small things that will really sustain you. This was really important during this time for me, and I think is what kept me sustained and what allowed me to often step away from those times when I thought I was about to step into burnout. I think it was these smaller sustaining activities, recognizing that I really needed some breaks and taking advantage of those. So of course, I, I think about these smaller activities and taking smaller breaks and sustaining plans, as well as keeping things in perspective on a longer time horizon, recognizing, okay, this intense period is not going to last forever. It's three months. I know I can see the light at the end of the tunnel. Like that's really important to understand. And I can see it in the broader context of 12 to 18 months and also plan accordingly so that I'm thinking about when am I going to get other sustaining periods in over that longer time horizon. So I have been thinking about that and planning a bigger downtime in October this month um, when you'll listen to this. Um, So that's definitely a part of my strategy. But these smaller things were really important too. And some of those sustaining activities I'll just share with you were things like you know, taking serendipitous breaks and times with friends and family. There were several times when all of a sudden we got a call, hey, can we come visit for the night? We, ha- we have to be up in north and we'd love to visit. And even though being busy and being tight on time, making time for friends and getting really filled up from 
lively, fun, interesting conversation was super important and super helpful in terms of building up my resilience and sustaining me to keep going. I advocate often here taking in joyful moments, these small, delightful things that we might appreciate. So even if it's a great cup of coffee or giving yourself a reward after accomplishing something. So like after a recent accomplishment, I indulged in a lovely piece of carrot cake, which is not something I do all the time and not something I have all the time, but I love carrot cake. And that was a delight and something that uh, was small, but was still a part of my sustaining plan. And then I fit in things like making sure when I was visiting certain cities, going to some museums or seeing certain movies, even those things and planning them in and making sure that I'm making time for those elements during busy times are elements that end up sustaining me. And then exercise is really important for me. And this is one where the minimum viable sustaining plan has to come in. So even if it's doing a 15 minute exercise or getting outside for a short walk, or there are times recently when I go out for a run and I'll come back home and someone will ask, how was your run? And I'll say, I did something, you know, it's, it may not have been my, my best run or my best exercise, but I got out and I did something that was sustaining for me. And I think that's the piece that's important. It doesn't have to reach some bar, but it is a minimum viable element of my plan. So I think it's helpful to remember with sustaining activities that like quick and sufficient is often good. You know, that 15 minute workout or that 15 minute walk outside can be a part of our resilience building. Sometimes we think if we don't have more time, then then it's not worth it to do it at all. But I have to say, and I've said before, even one minute of breathing is very sustaining um, or builds up your resilience and can reset your nervous system. So don't think because you don't have a lot of time that you don't have time for certain sustaining activities. I will also say, just to punctuate this in terms of taking breaks, there are times when we can feel, and I felt this, and I felt this over the last three months, where we are grinding at something. And yet, when we're in that time where we feel overwhelmed, or we feel like we have a lot on our plate, and we have a lot to do, it can be really hard to allow ourselves to take a break. So I had this situation recently where I had a day offsite, and it was a personal activity and there was a part of me that was saying to myself, I really should just use this day to go sit someplace and just get all my other work done. I did not do that. I went to this activity for the day, and I have to say it was exactly what I needed. Sometimes we think staying in the activity or checking off the to-dos will do more for us. And I know I'm not the only one that says this, <laughs> but I just want to underscore the importance of taking breaks or giving yourself that downtime because oftentimes staying in the grinding can actually do more harm than good. And I share it just because I experienced it recently myself and experienced the instinct to not give myself this time away from things and recognized in doing it, it was actually exactly what I needed. I needed that time to step away and to reset 
which is allowing me to step back in with more resilience and actually take on what I still need to take on. So just a few tips from what I'm sharing. And I will say along the line here, I want to come back to what I shared at the beginning from Ayulet Fishbach and Valerie Tiberius, this idea of just also remembering to kind of laugh at ourselves and not take it all so seriously. It's not easy to do, but laughter really is healing. At this event that I'm talking about where I took a break, we had so much laughter that day and it left me feeling so much better. So remembering to have a good laugh and laugh at yourself is something that I would encourage you to do. The final thing I want to note here before I give you a few questions to consider as you plan your end of year is just to remember that these practices that we put in place for ourselves can change over time. So especially your sustaining plan. So things that might work for you today may not work for you in the future. And just be prepared for that and be open to that. So just to give you one example of what's been sustaining for me also during this full time period. One of those things has been music, and I historically have not been a big music person, but of late, I've been turning to music a lot as part of my sustaining plan and building that resilience. I haven't had as much capacity of late for doing my meditation practice, and I feel like music has become my meditation. It's become like the soothing practice for me. So I know I'm not unique in that, but I'm just sharing it from a standpoint of it's been an interesting learning and lesson for myself that this is the tool, this is the thing that I'm reaching to in order to help bring some resilience for myself during this full time period. I haven't had the mental capacity to let certain other things in, but music has been what has been working for me. And so it's just to say, you know, be open to what you might need now to help sustain you uh, during this time. And it might be something that you haven't turned to in the past. So you might just want to play with that and be open to it. So I thought I would just leave you with a few questions to consider to think about as you plan a sustainable end of year for yourself. So the first question I would pose is just to think about how do you want to feel this last quarter of the year? And to really think about that. How do you want it to feel for yourself? And then think about standing at the end of the holiday season, at the end of December, what would your future self want for you? in this last quarter of the year. And then you might want to think about, you know, what pace do you want to operate at during this last quarter and during the holidays? What pace do you want to operate at? And have that influence how you start to shape your last quarter. Another inquiry that I think could be really interesting to explore and think about is to consider where have you been spending your time? And you might want to think about that in the context of just both in the last month in September, kind of as you stepped back into work and kind of this next season of back to school, back to work, where have you been spending your time? Or you might want to think about where historically over the last quarter of the of the year have you spent your time? And then you might want to think about, in contrast, where do you wish you spent your time? What is your wish time? So where do you spend your time? What is your wish time? And how might you put some structures in place to shift from where you're spending your time to where you wish to spend your time this last quarter of the year? Then two final questions. 
not small, but <laughs> to think about and see if you want to play with them, is where might you renegotiate your ambitions or your projects right now? And where might you want to dial in your effort, shift your effort? Where might you want to give 80% effort, 20% effort and get 80% of the way there? What is worth your hard work this last quarter of the year? Where do you want to put your energy attention? And then importantly, think about what is your sustaining plan for this last quarter of the year? What can you do to restore, protect, and support your energy to get you through the end of the year? So those are several prompts to leave you with to kind of think about perhaps rewind, re-listen, and and play with as you think about how you might want to plan a sustainable end of year for yourself. And you might think back to what I did during my busy full three months and see if there were any additional tips in there that spoke to you. So one tip to remember, especially during this end of year, especially as we get close to the holidays, it's a time we often spend with people who are important to us. And yet it's not uncommon during such times that we aren't fully present. And so even though they are events and activities that we cherish, that we want to do, that really could fill us up and build our resilience and sustain us, what can sometimes get in the way is that we're not present to them. And so we don't get the full benefit of them. I say this not just to you, but to me as well. It's like, remember to be present and to really take in those activities. I often mention on here, Dr. Rick Hansen's HEAL process, and I shorten it as he he does to this idea of have an experience and take it in. And I think that's how I think about being present to these moments. How can we have the experience and really make sure we're taking it in so that we do get the benefit of that time we're investing in what we believe is really important to us. And then, yes, the final thing. So if all else fails, I've started to use this final mantra, which I may have shared here before, which is to just ask yourself if you're finding yourself in overwhelm, if you're finding yourself with sensing that you're on the border of bored out, if you're finding yourself saying, this isn't sustainable, perhaps pause and ask, what's the sustainable ambition way here? And in doing so, how might you create more ease while still being ambitious about what you want to do across both life and work this last quarter of the year? That's my hope for you as you enter this last quarter is that it can be joyful, that it can be easeful, even as you do the things that will really fulfill you this quarter. So with that, I send you off. Be well. And I hope this quarter is full of what you want it to feel like for you. Thanks for listening to today's episode. I hope you take away at least one learning or inspiration from the conversation and put it into action. If you enjoyed today's podcast and would like to hear more, please follow or subscribe. It's absolutely free. And that way you don't miss an episode. Thanks again for being with me. I'll be back soon with more insights on living and working with sustainable ambition so you can thrive in life and work.